If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Lives branding team. Today on The Transition, I'm joined by fellow Marine and Bunker Labs ambassador, Brandon Childers, founder of Freelance Corporal, an app whose aim is to help military service members improve their financial literacy by combining a budget calculator with an EAS countdown, helping them project how much savings they can leave the military with. After serving in the Marines, Brandon began pursuing his education in psychology with the emphasis on the veteran community. After recognizing that financial distress was a leading indicator for homelessness and mental health issues, Brandon decided to focus his attention on financial literacy. Despite not having a strong technical background, Brandon began engaging the veteran entrepreneurial ecosystem, joining organizations like Bunker Labs and attending the Milvet Startup Conference to figure out the best way to bring his app to market. On the show, not only do we discuss Brandon's startup journey, including launching his MVP, we discuss the importance of creating a more inclusive ecosystem to attract more enlisted service men and women who often feel left out. Before you hear from Brandon and I, be sure to subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. I'd also like to encourage you to check out my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, Validate Your Business Model, Build Your Brand, and Step Into Greatness, available on Amazon at the link in the show notes as well. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Brandon, my brother, welcome to The Transition. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. So I have a confession for y'all. This is actually my second time recording with Brandon. Him and I met at the Military Veteran Startup Conference in 2023, or 2022, the first year that they did it. And uh, Brandon stood up and raised his hand and said, hey, why are there so many officers in this room? Right? He's like, I feel like the military is so much more diverse. We got a lot of enlisted. They need to hear about these conferences. They need to hear about these opportunities out there. And I was so blown away by it that I pulled Brandon aside afterwards, was like, hey, man, we need to jump on the podcast and chop it up. And so we did that, but I actually never released the episode. And so I had to circle back to Brandon and be like, hey, man, I want to get you on the transition because a lot has happened in your life. I still think that message needs to get out there. But more importantly, I still see you in the community. I see you leaning in. And I wanted to create an opportunity for us to catch up and to learn about how we can support what you're doing with Freelance Corporal. So I say all that to say, Welcome back, Brandon. Thanks so much, Mike. Very glad to be back. So a couple things. Again, we did the Milvet Conference, Military Veteran Startup Conference in 2022. Were you there again this year? Yeah. I believe so, right? I was, yeah. I feel like I meet so many people. And as a, even as a podcaster, I feel like I've gotten so much better over the last, like, you know, three years or so since we started the transition. It's hard to believe, you know, we started this platform in uh, 2020, in the summer of 2020. Right. But what was your take after this year's conference? Were you happy to see so many more people there? Did you see a, a change in demographic or, you know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. 
Yeah, well, first of all, I love that conference. I'm in the Sacramento area, so it's close to home. It it brings it exposed me to so much ecosystem that I did not know existed as a Lance Corporal, right? It was awesome to see a lot of people there. A lot more people were there, but it was not the people that I stood up and said wasn't there the first year. It it's it's continuing to reach the audience that it caters to, which is excellent because yeah. through that we create these opportunities to reach back to the junior demographic and make sure that they get that good information that we've all come together to share. The, pro- the problem, and I, I'm experiencing it right now, is it is uncomfortable to talk about the, the tilted playing field and not even just officers, but the schools that those officers came from. There's a lot of service academy grads. That's basically what he's saying. It's, and it's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome to see. I'm, I'm stoked yeah. to get the airtime and, and to get the opportunity to, to, to speak to some of you. And it, Tact, right? It's I, you can't come and do it as a hothead, and, and a lot of I see it, man. There's the first the first page of your book that was mentioned at this conference is when you walk in and you don't feel comfortable and you don't see your people there, you you don't get to share your voice, you don't get to be involved, and it takes a lot of work in in building that camp so that you get to have the conversation, and even, then the conversation is how do we even have this conversation, which is the you know. The the panel that you hosted, I thought the entire conversation, the first half of it was everybody on this panel is an expert. They could have been on any other panel. Why do we have to do it this way? Well, because it is a problem and we got to talk about it. And even if it is uncomfortable and it sucks to be that spokesman, but it takes chest beaten leaders to get out there and do it. And, uh, you know, that's that's my that's how I feel, man. <laughs> so like it's yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing. And, you know, it's funny. We always talk about. I think sometimes people have this mistake that when we start talking about like diversity, it doesn't just mean like skin color, right? Diversity of thought. In this case, we're talking about how do we get more enlisted personnel um, into these spaces, right? That are officer heavy, you know, because at the end of the day, right? Like the military is huge, but you walk into rooms, you keep seeing the same demographic of people. We ask ourselves, okay, what do we got to do to get the message out there? And so that's why I think it's good to kind of have these conversations because at the end of the day, right, like if no one gives a damn and nothing changes, nothing's going to change. So one thing I try to do with my platforms, whether it's this podcast or my content on LinkedIn, you know, I try to amplify opportunities out there that people might not necessarily be thinking about, whether it was the, you know, the conferences, right? Milvet Startup Conference, Military Influencer Conference, you know, more recently, the Hoover Veteran Fellowship. You know, I had Iona University on to talk about what they're doing. So I'm always trying to build bridges, uh, but we still got a long way to go. But here's what I will tell you. I'm committed to it. You're committed to it. That's what matters. And I think, yeah, man, it's a hard thing. People don't understand, right? Like when you walk into a space and you feel a sense of agency, that's so powerful. You're like, oh, man, I'm with my tribe. On the other end of the spectrum, when you walk into a space and you don't see people that look like you or come from your background, it can feel a little overwhelming, right? And then you start digging deep and asking these questions. And so that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to lift as we climb. So, you know, whether it's this, again, this platform or anything we're doing, we need y'all to spread this message far and wide that the veteran entrepreneurial ecosystem is open to everyone. I don't care if you're a private first class all the way to, you know, Marine Corps general or something, man. We need you here. Same thing for our military spouses, because we know how much y'all hold the fort down when we're overseas, you know, kicking ass and taking names. But it's super important, man. And I'd love to take a moment there to say what 
a home I found in Bunker Labs in finding my tribe in from the PFC that spent two years in the army to the colonel that spent 30 years in the Marine Corps and everything in between. There's such a common background and a common goal that all the rank, all of the, any, you know, any of the X, Y's or Z's uh, that, you know, that, that we're discussing the do they're, they're just difficult because it's hard. Even once you recognize there's a problem and want to do it right. Okay. Now we're back at square one. How do we, make everybody feel comfortable so that we can have this conversation and do it more correctly. And I very much believe that the, you know, in a sense, this is that I'm, I'm stoked because there's at USC, I was the first veteran to, to earn a, you know, degree in applied psychology, master of science there. And I got an internship as the diversity equity inclusion rep at the, you know, for the student center. And I worked with the veterans on campus and I saw all these lines of people working on the exact same problems with, with their hat on and not really knowing how to get out and discuss it with it. You know, the other parties working on the exact same thing, but, but bunker labs every week we get to come in and have that exact conversation and it, and we get to skip all of the pleasant, all the, uh, you know, all the, all the same things you say every time and just cut right into the, okay, where were we last week? Did we get it done? What are we doing next week? And, you know, I've I've been part of Bunker Labs for going on three years now and it's been monumental in my self-accountability in my just pushing through and driving through and like, yeah, if if I wasn't, if this was a military contract, I'd be up to reenlist in Bunker Labs. I've been, you know, and I would, I'm here. I love the clowns, not the circus. That's that seems universal and everywhere I've been is that 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 people first push and, and you feel it when you get, you know, in the trenches and working the long walk back to where we started. Like, how do we do this better? How do we make the people that are listening feel comfortable to reach out? And, you know, I've got an idea. Hey, I, I could do this, too. You very much can. There's no there's no factor that, that limits that outside of our own perceptions, which is kind of our biggest hurdle. <laughs> Do you agree with that? Yeah, man. Well, again, going well, I, one thing I know is going to help is getting your story out there because when people see you, they're going to be like, oh, man, you know, I can see myself doing something similar. And so that's why I'm a big proponent of content because that's how we built that trust. So I would love for you to bring us up to speed on your story. Talk to us about what Freelance Corporal is and how you became so passionate about improving financial literacy of our enlisted personnel and the, the broader military in general. Sure, sure. Well, I was a junior enlisted Marine, right? I did five years as a Huey crew chief. And when I got out, this is always hard to talk about, but I've lost more friends to suicide and self-harm than we lost in combat. And this is at the very core of, of my interest in financial literacy, because through graduate school, I learned that it's the number one predictor for all these other problems that we go on to face. Joblessness, homelessness, depression, anxiety, suicide is so deeply rooted in an upstream problem. Maybe it was a bad decision that we made with the money that we had. Um, that's the piece we can control. We don't control where we're born. We don't control, you know, our parents' financial situation that we, that we enter the world with. That's predetermined and an uphill battle for most of us. But from then, as Americans, right, we get an opportunity to go out and you know make free choices. I chose to join the Marines. 
from a trailer in Georgia. And when I got to boot camp, you know, I met all these other fellows that came from situations like me. We made friends. None of the, none of it mattered. We were just going the same place together. And then all of a sudden, one day in boot camp, I got a letter from my bank and it said I had $600 and it was the richest I'd ever been. I was a 600, like I was a hundred air. A lot of the people in our platoon, that $600 wasn't enough to cover the debts that they brought with them. And for the other half of us, we were the richest we'd ever been. We graduated boot camp. We all went our separate ways and we had the exact same opportunity. Like June 20th, 2010, that's when I was on the yellow footprints. But today, you know, everybody I was there with, we've taken drastically different paths and it doesn't sit right with me that some of us are homeowners and business runners and like crushed it, got really lucky or worked really hard or whatever the case. Well, I recognize that there was like this luck factor from the get go. What happened? How did we learn how to brush our teeth and tie our shoes? but we didn't have the discipline with our wallets to make sure that we got to go wherever we wanted to. So I was a Lance Corporal for a long time. I was a corporal for a few months. And this small unit leadership is where everything happens. And when I would exercise or I would do MCIs or do anything to improve myself, that was among my peers. So I just thought, you know, most of us already had an app counting down the days till we got out, right? So, and you'd log your percentage, your time in, how many days you have left. And I was always like on the back of a receipt, like trying to jot down, like, you know, how much, how much is in my account? How much am I getting paid on the 15th? What are my bills? What's going to be left? And I just thought, what if we could combine these two? Like, you know what you get paid every first and 15th and you know what day you get out. We can very clearly project like, you know, a rough budget and what it could look like at the end of your enlistment so that you have an idea, like a site picture of, when I want to move back to Iowa or Nebraska, I've got six months of rent runway in the bank. I can go use the GI Bill to, you know, whatever you're going to do, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to do it without that money. And for all of the other things that we teach enlistees how to do, this is such a simple one. One last little caveat story. I have really bad teeth. I was in the Marines and I'd have to go sit in the dental office and look at this board that said dental readiness and it'd have all the squadrons listed out. HMLA 469, 98% dental readiness. They tracked our dental readiness to make sure that we were able to go deploy. I got bad teeth. They'd just pencil it in and send me anyway. What about my financial readiness? What about making sure that you know my life is in, in place when I get back? Is anybody tracking that? Because it does impact our deployability and our, our combat readiness. But much more, it has an impact on the transition the livelihood and the wellness of that veteran once they're out of uniform for the other 85% of their life. So we give so much to this short period and and we're in the club, we wear the hat. And as soon as it's over, uh, you know, it's universal, that longing for the camaraderie, like, but that's still there. So how do we take a goal and pair it with that team that we found to make sure that we continue to achieve it through time? I love that, man. And I, you know, you're right. Like I can be in a platoon commander, right? Always had dental, mm-hmm. right? Right. It was a big thing because people don't realize when you go overseas and something happens, right? Like a dental emergency is a big deal. So they were always tracking our fin- financial readiness of the platoon, the company, battalion, et cetera. But the, sorry, the dental readiness, sure. not the financial readiness. But I like how you've tied this idea that like, I remember those Marines that had the app, the countdown, and they could tell you exactly when they were getting out. 
And so you seeing that and saying, hey, how can we blend this with like some financial literacy? I think it's super dope. Now, I have a question for you. When you came up with this idea, mm -hmm. okay, how did you approach turning it into a business? And what made you go, hey, we're going to build a tech product versus like a traditional small business? Yeah, I'm not a strong entrepreneur in terms of my core business model, profit first, that everybody in this space boasts. I agree with, I agree with the sentiment. You got to make money to keep the lights on. Yes, of course, we know that. What I'm here to say is that different piece that hasn't been at the table is that there's so many other measures that come before, you know, your valuation. Bottom line keeps the lights on. Let's make sure we've got that. And we do. We've been able to set up a really efficient company. We keep the lights on for like 300 bucks a month, which I, the conferences like the one we met at, it, I sense that it doesn't so much matter if you're running a positive you know, if you're running a profitable company, if the valuation's huge, right? $20 million valuation. Well, we're not profitable yet, but we're worth 20 million. Awesome. That's great. That's the way the world works. That's how business is going to continue to be conducted. Awesome. I'm not going to change that. But what I am going to demonstrate is I went to water survival school and I know how to float forever. People around me are going to panic. Waves are going to come. They're going to drown. And I, that's going to suck to watch. I'm going to keep floating and save who I can. And the way that I decided to make a business out of this, honestly, my my partner, my research partner in school pointed me towards Noom, the weight loss app. Maybe this wasn't Noom's, but in psychology, it's this mantra that when you're at a restaurant and they ask you, do you want the fries or the salad? You don't decide then. Who you are decides. Well, I take my health seriously and I, and I consider these things. I'll do the salad. As where if you're just going with the flow, oh, the fries are way more delicious with a burger. I'll take the fries. That's me. But when you've put thought into this ahead of time, it's just the decision you make. And that's what Noom was able to instill through their cognitive approach to weight loss. Well, I said, why couldn't we do the exact same thing just with a budget? You know, are you here to lose weight or build muscle? Well, do you want to build savings or pay off debt? Doesn't matter. Start considering yourself as a money person. And it's a no-brainer when when that deal comes across the table. No, I don't take the I don't take the credit card when I go to buy something at, at the department store. That's not who I am. I eat the salad. As an identity is concerned, um, I hated PT. I went to PT because I had to. I was told to, and to be in shape for the war. But when the war was over and nobody's telling me to exercise, guess what? I'm not going to do it just because I like to feel good. I never made that association. I exercise because I have to. And similarly, what if we could build this like positive association with, you know, when you save first, you get to party harder later and then have the freedom and like this peace of mind that you're going to be able to do it again tomorrow. And for an organization that prides ourselves in our strength to be able to lift those around us, the wallet is the number one missed muscle. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand completely. I get that. But just when, you know, and I understand, too, about, you know, it's not always about the money, right? I think sometimes when we view ventures from this just monetary perspective, we actually undervalue them. Sure. Because, you know, a lot of veterans in general, we're trying to make impact. That's why you see so many vets start nonprofits to help their fellow brothers and sisters in arms. Very community driven. But I'm just trying to help our audience kind of understand of what was it like to get this product off the ground? Sure. And I'm going to do a whole episode on 
product versus traditional small businesses because once you start going down the tech route, right, now you're building an actual product, right, as opposed to, you know, your traditional, like, small business, like brick and mortar, et cetera. I appreciate this distinction. Um, and I do, if I could riff just for one moment on the good-hearted nature and nonprofit organizations you find in the veteran community, everybody I find in Bunker Labs is a weekly conversation. Like, we all kind of start off trying to save the planet that we saw on fire during our time in uniform, and, and now our, our approach towards it doesn't quite mesh with the capitalism that is centric to, you know, the rest of the society. No, I, I, that's, I appreciate the distinction, the difference between a conventional small business and the, the tech product route. And, and to anybody listening from the rural South, right, that does not expect to enter the tech space. And like, I'm, I didn't expect to be here. I don't, like I, I struggle to converse about it because I don't consider myself a tech founder. You know, I, I'm a psychologist. I'm a researcher, and this is where the research led us. This was the product that the research uncovered, and I trust that it's going to have a positive impact on the community. So I intend that we'll be able to monetize it on the back end. Um, you know, in the meantime, we've been able to make some affiliates with other veteran financial literacy companies, and it, money moves at the speed of trust. So for the, these first few years, especially in the junior enlisted finance space, if we don't have trust, if we don't have the, hey, I was here, I understand this problem, I understand what you're going through, nobody knows what's going on. We do not have an answer. We do not have an answer. We do not have an answer. But now everybody's listening. Let's get one together. That's yeah. that's what we're trying to do. And I don't, I don't care about making a dollar until we have that audience space and everybody listening and looking in the same direction. It's going to be fine once that occurs. That's the money I'm after. So, No, it makes complete sense to me. But I can also relate with like the accidental tech entrepreneur. You know, I'm a tech enabled business, right? I do podcasting and I do brand strategy, but I don't have a venture back startup. I haven't built a tech product myself, but you're in that space. You have a tech product. You're out there. Y'all got like 2000 users. So bootstrapping this thing, how did you, like, where did your entrepreneurial education come from? Because I know my, my first juncture was Stanford Ignite for post 9-11 veterans back in 2017. And that's how I got pulled into the bunker. But for you specifically, right? Like, where did your education come from to get going with the app? Maybe the answer you expect, but when you ask, I think when I was like five years old, my grandpa, he, he was explaining the stock market to me. As a five-year-old, I remember he said, if a company was going to build square skateboard wheels, that seemed like something that would work. As a five-year-old, I, I don't know, probably not. He was like, no, no, it wouldn't work. That's silly. Like, was that, is that something you'd put your money into? Do you think that's going to be here in five years? Or do you think that's just a funny, funny idea? And it was that idea. And when I was like six, he explained the difference between a 15 and a 30 year mortgage. Like how many houses do you want to buy the bank? This seed so early on of like, look, you, the your grandma, tea, he said, I teaspoon it through the front door. Your grandma wheelbarrows it out the back. That was my grandpa's statement on money. And with, with what's left, you know, are you going to, is it going to be gone or is it going to be something that's still going to be here? I really attribute a lot of my mentality to this early thinking. 
Now, the way that I learned to eventually put it into practice, I guess, Bunker Labs, Bunker Labs, Bunker Labs. I came out of USC with this fresh master's degree and just thinking I knew everything that there was to know about doing business. And and I was sharp. I was a strong researcher. I got to give myself that. But as soon as I came out and started talking to real people that did real business, it's useless. So it's an abs- absolute pairing of how I thought as a child, what I learned in college, the people around me, and the idea that I brought to this. Every day is a different game. But yeah, I mean, j- just the entrepreneurial spirit of do I have something to protect? What am I after? What am I trying? What's my goal? If you don't have that when you wake up, then you're kind of just subjecting yourself to the marketer's world yeah. and, and ending up buying the fries. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it sounds like you had this idea coming out of grad school. And then once you got connected with Bunker Labs, that was really your your entrepreneurial MBA, essentially, is, you know, le- leaning into the community, you know, learning from others, learning from your peers, what you can do better, you know, things that you need to tweak. Because, and the reason I ask this question is, there are listeners that have an idea for a tech product right now. They don't come from networks of impact. They don't have a lot of capital, Right. And so, like, when they're thinking about doing something similar to you, how do they go about doing it? And it sounds like, again, leaning into the community has been a big impact on you. I would say that your idea is the bullet. Your personal will is the casing and the gunpowder. And Bunker Labs in your community is the barrel and the rifle that propels you. The bullet is nothing if without its propellant, right? So, yeah, the, getting that community around you and... I'm not a boxer, but I love like talk like the comparison to boxing is so there. Get ready to get your ass kicked every day. Show up with a smile on. Get ready to get your ass kicked, and and you find that in Bunker Labs. It's not really a. I don't think that's maybe a good great sell to the non-marine demographic because uh, people don't like to get their ass kicked. That sucks. But what people do yeah, like to do is it. have fun and like it, it, once this becomes a game and you're on a team and you're and you're in, in it you're not getting your ass kicked you're you're growing and i think that is that's thought leadership that is was born in the military and the bunk it's just bunker labs is steeped in it and they've done such a good job at separating the the clowns from the circus right we 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 got some awesome clowns here what what are we going to do next we're not clowns that's a bad joke but you get what i'm saying i do and one thing you told me too was again Freelance Corporal has 2,000 users. How did you get those initial users onboarded onto the app? Like, what was your, your, your marketing or your growth channel? Instagram first. We started as a meme page. Just kind of had to, again, money moves at the speed of trust. And I thought if we could demonstrate that we understand this problem well enough to make jokes about it that, that resonate with the audience, then they're going to understand that we know what we're talking about without us having to go out and boast that we know it it'll it'll just be there it's kind of like a it's a zero proof knowledge from there and this is much more applicable the marketing once we're on instagram i realized everybody i wanted to reach had a barrack smear selfie like they they had a flak jacket or dress blues so it became very easy to engage with the audience i was trying to reach because their camouflage wasn't working so once we got like you know a couple hundred of our you know target customer or user, which are, I don't like either of those words, by the way, I don't really want the Marines to be a customer and user is only used in tech and drugs. 
So like our members, our, our people, um, once we had a base of them, then we found similar Instagram pages with larger followings. And then we would reach out, we'd do a small paid promotion. We'd promote one of the memes. We'd get people to laugh. And then once we grow that credibility in our circle, you know, our brand was growingly top of mind for the user base. And then once we built and launched the app, it was a simple ask. We hadn't asked for anything before that. That hey, we, we make jokes. We built this. We did this. Hey, we built the app. Will you come try it out? We're trying. We're iterating it. We're trying to grow a product, and we need your opinion. And that got us our first thousand users pretty quickly. And from there, you know, I'm more focused on creating a good experience for those thousand than reaching ten thousand. And this is a, a put your blinders on situation. When you take that VC money and, and, and you know, working for other people, you got to get to ten thousand. But when you figure out how to run a business like lean and mean, well, I don't care about that. I care about my thousand. And once I make it awesome for them, guess what? They're going to get our ten thousand. It's a lot of static to block out and, and trust the game that you set out to play, which is inherent to finance. It, we're all playing a different game. We all get out on a different day. We all earn different money. So it is a custom experience. But how do we create a community where we acknowledge that? Like, I guarantee you bench press more than I do, but I would get so much from working out with you because you're a coach. It, it's the same, just with money. Got it. Now, you mentioned building the actual product, right? Did you guys go no code or how did you fund that fund building? Sure. So the first six months I spent in Bunker Labs was, was exploring this. You know, I have an idea for an app. Great. Now, how do I build an app? At the time, you know, late 2020, the very first no code app building, native app products were coming to the market. We ended up going with Wix. We built our website and then we were able, they rolled out their codeless native app product. We were among the first apps to build through Wix and it's on the app store, on the Google Play store. It's a real live app and it allowed it. It allowed us to do it very affordably. I'm talking like hundreds of dollars versus hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's not beautiful, but guess what? Neither are Lance Corporals. So let's just acknowledge it for what it is. Say that, you know, this, this idea deserves more resources than we have. Well, let's keep coming together and talk about how we could get it the resources it deserves. Let's stay at the table. Let's survive. And someday, somebody that likes this idea is going to come along and find us and help us out, which is a mantra I would really try to push to anybody listening, like the MVP, the minimal viable product, right? You hear it all the time. It's so much less than what's in your mind, right? It, it could be a, your MVP could be on a post-it note, you know, and then keep that post-it note in your wallet. As long as it's in your wallet, like... The idea is alive. You're surviving. Listen, man, I'll tell you this. I think it's great. You got a minimum viable product out there. I don't care if it's on Wix, Squarespace, or whatever, because, again, there are a lot of people sitting on the side of the pool. True. You're in it. And all that matters is getting that initial product out there. That Then you follow the build, measure, learn. You built it. We're getting some feedback. We're learning. You're growing. You know, I think it's great. And the same thing for y'all out there. You got to get some on the market because you don't know what you don't know right now. And I'm sure that once you launch this product, you start to realize, hey, there's a lot of things that have to take place for us to be successful, you know, because then, you you know, once you have an app too, what happens when glitches and things come up? Somebody needs to be able to respond, et cetera. So, you know, kudos to you on that. And I'm real happy for that 
The other thing I want to think about is monetization, sure. right? What are your thoughts on monetizing? Have you even mon- have you been able to monetize it at all? Yeah, we did on January 1st, we launched, you know, a conventional software as a service membership fee. Didn't push it very hard because it's not the way I want to monetize the product. But I do tell you once, you know, the core technology, the game, the budget game that we're building, once we have it working for Lance Corporals, I'm absolutely going to monetize it in the non-veteran demographic. The other 99% Noom has 10 million downloads of people trying to lose weight paying $60 a month. But there are more people in debt in America than there are overweight. And I think that for a small five bucks a month, like it doesn't have to be $60 a month. It just has to put a dollar on the horse that in the race is more interesting. Just take an interest in yourself. So no, absolutely. That's something that I'm just not rushing it. Maybe somebody will beat us to market and that would be awesome because I'm not competing. I'm not trying to make this money. We're trying to solve the problem. And if somebody else beats us to it, great. I don't think they are. <laughs> like, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I am, I'm going to go into coaching mode here for a sec because this is something I learned. You know, I got into this game just trying to create impact in my local community through amateur boxing. And one of the things I've learned over the last seven years is that when I'm struggling for margin, it's very hard for me to make the impact that I want, right? It's hard for me to be radically generous with my time you know, with my resources, et cetera. And so as much as we want to do good, right, we also got to make sure we got our own oxygen mask on, even just the business, right? Because it does no good if things go upside down and we don't have healthy cash to navigate a storm, you know, or we can't introduce introduce new innovations. And so for everyone, I do want to challenge you to, you know, it's not wrong to want to get revenue for your ventures, right? The other thing I'll tell you is, even when I start thinking about the Lance Corporals, right, part of what you're doing is you want to change habits. You want to change feelings, right? So you want people to get more comfortable investing in things that are better for them instead of things that are just taking away, right? Like maybe investing $10 a month into this app, you know, to improve my final lit- financial literacy. I want to create a dopamine hit instead of buying this car over here at like 40% interest. And I know sometimes people can feel guilty because we start these ventures to serve a particular demographic. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're trying to monetize this demographic or et cetera. That's not the case. You know, people spend money all the time on BS, you know? So like as a black owned business, minority owned, veteran owned business, make no mistake, right? Like, yeah, you might be charging this group, but they're spending money on Jordans and everything else, right? You think there's, they're not buying an iPhone, you know, the Apple watches, like all this other stuff. So God forbid you charge them this amazing product, sure. you know, at a fraction of the cost. Sure. And sometimes I think we get in our heads about it because we're so like, we do have this culture. Oh, we don't charge other Marines. We don't, but it's like, I'm helping you, right? I can't help you if I, you know, can't have the expenses I need. If I don't have the cash flow I need to make it through this next month, if I don't have the cash flow I need to run this platform and have the community service that's on there, True. right? The customer service that's on there when you get in a pickle. So, you know, just something to think about for all of y'all, right? Because I know I've been there before in the past and I think about like people see me now and y'all see this impact that I'm able to make writing books and yada, yada, yada. I was not physically able to do that when I didn't have the margin. 
But when I have margin, I can be more gracious with my time. I can go give these speaking engagements and go travel here and do this. So I want y'all to all have the same opportunity. The, I love this point. It's the psychology hat on. It's appetitive versus aversive. When you're struggling to pay your bills, I'm like, I'm just running from things. I'm trying not to get yelled at. When I've got extra cash in the bank, I get to go out and choose people I want to help. And that's what we're trying to do is get people from square one to square two, because this community wants to help. If we can equip them with the tools and the mindsets to be able to do that better, like a lot of these other problems are going to take care of themselves. And one other piece I wanted to hit on is uh, fresh out of school. Uh, I wanted to, I had this idea of consulting, right? A lot of people get a master's degree and think they're going to consult. I didn't have any experience behind it and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to offer advice. I, I didn't you know, have any weight behind. This month, it was our first month profitable at Freelance Corporal. We keep flights on very cheap, but this month I was, I, you know, I was able to perform some consulting through the Bunker Labs network that made my company, you know, net profitable in this crazy economic month. You know, I wasn't worried about a $20 million valuation. I was worried about making $20. Have your personal finances separate from your business finances. Get yourself afloat and then build something new. Don't, don't ask too much of it. Don't hire five people, you know, just have a, a tiny little operation. That's and this is the way it's so different for everybody. But this is if you're trying to build an app in your garage, I would tell you to get away from the runway model. You're always going to, you know, adventure. How, how much runway do you have? How many months of runway? And the last person that asked me, I said, well, I'm I flew Hueys. You know, I'm a helicopter guy. I don't do runways. We spin for three hundred dollars a month. And when cash comes along, that's a launch pad. You know, I can take off from there, but I'm building the helicopter right here. And when I'm ready to fly, it will fly. I don't need the runway. Um, and it's like, I feel like I'm saying it with confidence now. It's, it, every day is wishy-washy. You wake up alone and you're going to like go through this barrage of where yesterday's idea is still good today. But surround yourself with a community to test that. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. And then just, you know, build, build. Test, iterate, continue, right? Let me ask you this, Brandon. As you look towards that giant BHAG, that big, hairy, audacious goal that you're chasing, what does that look like? Yeah, it is, it is hairy. Like, what is your BHAG? The problems that are magnified in military culture are tap dancing on the world stage, making it hard for a lot of people. And I think that if we can bring the black light to these issues in this small room where we all agree hey, this isn't right, then we're going to have the, the thought leadership together to say, this is where we need to make the difference here, here, and here. And here's the tool that could do it. Accountability isn't incentivized here. You know, and if you don't believe me, start a small business and file your taxes, right? <laughs> like there's, there's a lot of problems that we don't even understand where to begin. And the people that we need to talk to them about, talk, talk about it, aren't interested are deliberately hiding it. Like we need interest before we can have readiness. And financial readiness is, you know, it's a broad national defense issue that I do not feel is being addressed properly. And I think that we need a grassroots solution so that we can solve bigger problems that we're not even considering yet. So I love that. So essentially what you're saying is bring more light onto financial readiness as almost like the beachhead you know, to get started on addressing a lot of these other issues. Cause yeah, we could talk about 
veteran suicide. We can talk about homelessness. But what's the thing that is underneath a lot of it? And it sounds like your point of view is that finance piece. So how do we make sure that people are not putting themselves in financial situations where they're economically deprived that's going to force them to, God, you know, just not feel less than. Sure. Sure. And it's, yeah, I mean, you you understand pretty deep rooted. Not a lot of people enlist in the military from a place of, uh, you know, cash. As a matter of fact, a lot of people reenlist because they, of the financial decisions they made in their first enlistment. And I want to, I want a military that is full of people that love the country and are here because they, they love the country and the people in it and not because it, I didn't have another option. It was this or jail. Yeah. So, I mean, we're passionate about it. We do it because we love it. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm optimistic. I got my sunglasses on our future. So bright. I, we're heading in a good place. I, I mean that I see the people working on the problems and I know for sure that I don't have the answers, but I'm surrounded by people that, agree that we're working on the same thing and we're getting there. So. so you've given us so much of your time, sharing your story, sharing your lessons learned as a community of veteran and military spouses all across the country, all across the world. How can we help you on this next phase of your entrepreneurial journey? I was trying to build something that was cool for the Lance Corporals, but what I need now is for the captains and the majors and the lieutenant colonels that lead us to to acknowledge that financial readiness is as is big of a is as important as dental readiness. You know, I you know, here's the tool. Now it's up, it's on you, gentlemen and ladies, to to bring it up and and make sure that it's something that's measured. Whether or not freelance corporal is the tool that is in charge of that, I don't care. But the the problem itself has to be addressed or we're wasting our time and resources downstream trying to solve problems that we're building on day one. So I, I think that just tying this plan from day one, I just need, I need military leaders to, to engage with this product, to distribute it. To, don't just, just distribute it. Try it. Get on there. See if you like it. See, punch in your EAS date in your budget and, and look at your numbers. And then think about if you were making half of what you're making, if that's going to be enough to make ends meet in Ohio in 2026, and then send it to your PFC that's going to, that wants to move back there. Make sure he's thinking about it now because it's going to come just as sure as the combat we train for. We're wicked good at fighting. Now let's focus on some other areas around that so that we can take care of ourselves beyond the battlefield. Absolutely. Well, I'll be sure to include a link to Freelance Corporal in our show notes for all those leaders out there that are listening. Check it out. Pass it around, spread the word. Brandon is one of ours in the community, in this ecosystem, and it's on us to help elevate the amazing work we're do- he's doing. So, Brandon, I appreciate you coming on the platform today. For all our listeners, do me a favor. Go ahead and make sure you subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or mess me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. And until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.